This episode is sponsored by Queen's Slay Boutique, clothing aimed to uplift, inspire, and empower women. Shop Queen's Slay at www.shopqueensslay.com and follow them on Instagram at Queen's underscore Slay Boutique. Their clothing is trendy and positive and looks good on all types of women. Queens, go check them out today. Welcome to the Pretty and Purpose Podcast, where we remind you that your pretty is beyond what the eyes can see, and your purpose is your ultimate destiny. We must fix each other's crowns because sometimes, girl, they be raggedy. (laughs) This is Celeste, Maya, and this is Jess. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome yes, back. Yes, Celeste. Give us a <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to our, what is this, our fourth episode of season two. Yeah. So last week, we talked about feeling and filling voids. And we got an interesting comment from one of our listeners. So we posed the question on Instagram, what are some voids that people have and how do you fill them? And her response was dysfunctional family slash childhood trauma and filling the void with therapy. And that's Mm. actually a great way to fill some voids because a lot of people experience trauma and do not go through therapy. And I don't even know how they're getting by day to day. Um, But Mm. actually filling those type of voids with um, therapy, getting some answers, getting some clarity, yes. getting like that is an awesome way. I think I talked about this on another episode. Therapy, everybody, I think we everybody. all need therapy. Mm. And I had went to therapy years ago now, but I I felt a void, but I didn't know what it was. Right, I didn't okay. know what was going on. Yeah, I was, it was. I'll never forget one night I was in my apartment. I was crying, 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 crying. And I was like, yo, what is wrong with me? <laughs> wrong with me? I literally was like, what is wrong with me? I Googled. I was like, therapy. Therapist. <laughs> Anybody. Help. Uh-huh. I asked for help. They, ooh, look at yes, this. Yes, together. And um, I found a therapist, yada, yada. Long story short, I came out. I went to, you know, a couple of sessions, whatever, and I figured out what the void was, yeah. figured out what the issue was, and I worked through that, and I was like, whew, okay. And you know what? I think a lot of people, like you just said, have voids that they don't even understand why they act that way until no. you dig digger, deeper into Definitely. their childhood, and it's like, oh, this happened to me, oh, this happened to you, and this is how it now manifests in your life, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I didn't even know that. It could be something so simple that you don't even realize is really bothering you. Yeah. And also my dreams we've talked about dreams like just in our conversation before and um understanding what dreams mean and yeah. that's what mm-hmm. i had to mm-hmm. my therapist opened that up for me okay she was i had told her about a dream whatever and she like totally deconstructed it and dissected it and i was like oh that's deep wow yeah, yeah that is. so dreams and you definitely tell you, I'll tell you something yeah. yeah it's and a lot I, of your subconscious right and i had no idea i was just like that's weird why was i in a dream with this person yeah this uh-huh. happened and she was like well Dang. Let me tell you. And that was how I kind of sort of uncovered what was going on. So okay. I think therapy is an excellent way to fill a void or identify what that void is mm-hmm. and um and fill it that way. Yes. My pastor used to always tell us a story about somebody who like had extreme claustrophobia and they had no idea where it came from. And then mm-hmm. like digging back into childhood when they were first born, the doctors thought that they were dead and put them in like a box no. or something oh, wow. like that and like pushed them to the side. From when wow. they were when a they newborn. Were, when they were a newborn and just how that type of Cellular stuff. Trauma. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, you were talking Cellular about that. Yep. Cellular trauma. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's serious, but um, yeah, therapy, like you said, is yeah. So is shout awesome. out to anyone who has the courage because mm-hmm. it takes courage because you don't want to feel like something's wrong with me, right? And it's not like therapy is now like it's. I'm I'm thinking that the stigma, the negative it's stigma, gone. is kind of going away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in the black community, like it's okay to amazing. go to therapy. Yeah, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, it's encouraged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need it. And it's good that we're talking about this because this is actually what our topic is for today. Yes. Oh, wait. Before we tell them. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go into our royal moment. And it's a time where we salute some queens who are doing some amazing things. So Jess has our royal moment for today. Today's royal moment goes to Champelle Anderson. I believe that's how you pronounce her first name. Okay. But she is a St. Louis resident who feeds hungry children every day. She has an open door policy. Ain't that what I told you about last week? You did? did you? Remember I told you it's somebody that feeds all these kids and it's like all this money she spent. And I thought it was here in Baltimore. Oh. Um, is this the lady? Because it might be more than one. Oh, perhaps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So this lady has an open door policy. She has six kids of her own. Oh, wow. Um, but on school days, she makes sandwiches for the children and they can come knock on her door mm-hmm. before and after school for snacks so that nobody goes hungry. So yep. shout out to her. Yes. I heard about her a couple of weeks ago. I was like, that is amazing. Yes. And there's a, I think there's a GoFundMe page or something yes. where people she are now. Yes, does have a GoFundMe page. Mm-hmm. Um, when I Googled her name, the GoFundMe page came up. So if you would like to donate to her efforts, please do so. So she has a GoFundMe page. Her name is Champelle Anderson. The first name is spelled C-H-A-M-P-A-L-E. And last name is Anderson. And also, if you know of anybody who is doing something like this in the Baltimore area or in wherever you're listening from and you would like to give them a shout out for a royal moment, let us know. We love to encourage um, Mm -hmm. people who are just doing some great things. Absolutely. Or more importantly, if you would like to do this yourself, by all means, you can start your own philanthropic efforts, start making sandwiches, or do whatever it is that you can to help other people. Because all it takes is one person to change the direction of someone else's life. And fill someone else's void. Fill the void. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. So next we are going to do our sis second. And our sis second is a time where we fix some raggedy crayons that we see around the town. So, kind of like Jess last week, um, she gave the sis second to herself. I'm going to give the sis second to myself um, because I was uh, a little bit ghetto um, the other day. <laughs> a, little <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit because, so, with my job, I love my new job. I love the flexibility, but it was a work from home day and um, we had a meeting scheduled, but then the meeting got pushed back a little bit. And I had already told my mom that I would do her hair because that was the only day that I could get it done. So the meeting was um, online and um, it was a video. It was just just the people um, from my office and we're all black women. So I felt like what I did was a little more understandable. But I was kind (laughs) of doing my mom's hair. On camera. (laughs) During the meeting. but During work time. Listen, you couldn't see her. 
Um, you could just kind of see my head in motion of braiding. You saw like a comb may lift here and there. And then my supervisor, like she messaged me on the side, like, who's hair are you doing? Um, and I'm like, my mother's. And then our executive director also messaged me like, are you doing hair? But like, it wasn't. So everyone was clearly could tell you. They clearly. Tell. Yeah. But they also know that I do hair. So, um. But they know that you at work right now. Well, the meeting had got pushed, right? So I would have been off technically oh, during that okay. time. All right, yeah. All right. Um, yep. That's a little so, <laughs> so you justified now? Yeah, I'm justified. Okay. But no, but I love my um I love my team. They're very understanding and like everybody like black women. Like one person was snuggled up in her little snuggie. Like everybody what? was home. Yeah, everybody was home, but we just had to have a debrief on an event. So it was So that is good. not how my work from home days go. <laughs> <laughs> like you are expected to be Sitting up at a desk in a chair, like on your really? clothes. Yes, even though I'm definitely in my bed, <laughs> definitely. But I try to like sit up in the bed so it doesn't sound like I'm laying down, right? Because you know you can hear like yes. tones. It yeah. sounds mm-hmm. like, sis, are you laying under your covers? Yeah, your pillow. <laughs> but at the end of the day, is work getting done? Absolutely, absolutely. That's the bottom line. As long yeah. as work is getting done, actually, I do better work. I do too. Home. I do yeah. more work when I'm at home because in I my don't bed. want people. To be like, oh, you didn't do anything on your right, work. You right, work. yeah, you nope, make sure you, you do see yourself. all this work that I did. But when I'm snuggled in the bed, I do my best work. Because <laughs> you're comfortable yeah. and you can just think, yeah. yes. So, all right, I'm gonna well, do better. Do better, better but, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna do that. Next yeah, time I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, sorry, y'all. Okay. <laughs> all right, so ladies, what are we talking about today? So today we're gonna talk about healing. Mm. In all the ways that you can heal. Physically, mentally, whatever you need to heal. Yeah, I'm sure everybody has something that they need healing from. Or need to heal from. Need to heal, right. Yeah. Um, so Jess, can you start us off on your journey? We had the box of tissue. You just <laughs> no, I'm going to try to make it through. I'm going to try to make it through. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> all right. So on today's segment of Where is Jess P.? I want to talk about healing from grief. Okay. Ooh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. So I was blessed to live 29 years without losing any close, close relatives. Mm-hmm. And when it rains, it pours. So, <laughs> like, legit lost so many people around yeah, the same time. The same, yeah. And so, and it's, okay, it's crazy because... I knew my grandma. I talked about my grandmother last week and how she was like my best friend. I would talk mm-hmm. to her every day, two o'clock in the morning, roll over. I'm like, oh, I can't sleep. I wonder what grandma's doing. And so she I would not sleep. She would be right. up. Like, Why grandma she, not sleep? <laughs> she never slept. Like she oh. was a superhero or something. Right. And she was like my personal diary. So oh. I could call her and talk about anything right. and she would be right there listening like mm-hmm, girl you should do this <laughs> I'm like wait a minute grandma you probably shouldn't be telling right. me to do that <laughs> but anyway so she got sick like she had I don't know so many different cancers and she beat them all but in 2016 or 17 she was diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. and every time she would go through her rounds of chemo like it would come back and mm-hmm. then it would be in a different section like it was just spreading all around her body mm-hmm. and so in 2018 june 1st i will never forget because she left me a voicemail like hey i just want to let you know that they're admitting me into 
the hospital, University of Maryland, um, and I'm going to get my chemo there. Mm-hmm. I still have the voicemail on my phone. But so June 1st, and anytime she's in the hospital, like I always drive to go see right. her mm-hmm. because like it's grandma. Right. So her health declined so much from when she went into the hospital. Like I believe the next week she couldn't even talk. Like I couldn't even wow. call her on mm-hmm. the phone yeah. and talk to her anymore. Mm-hmm. And if I did get her on the phone, it was like, oh, okay, hey, I love you. She wasn't happy. It was yeah. yeah. yeah uh-huh. And so by June 13th, and I'll never forget because I think that was the last time that I saw her. Mm-hmm. I went to the hospital, like, randomly with my nephew. And I was like, I, I just need to go today. Mm-hmm. So I went to the hospital, and my aunt, ironically, my aunt, Tawanda, the one who, she also passed away, but... I went to see my grandmother, and that was the day that my grandmother told me that she was going to heaven. Like, she was out of mm-hmm. it, and she was just like, oh, i see you later. And I'm like, Grandma, where are you going? Mm-hmm. By the time, because she wasn't talking up until then. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'll see you later. I'll see you later. I'm like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going to heaven. Right, and she was happy about it. And I she remember was so happy, and that, I, like, right. bust out into tears. Because right. I'm like, no, Grandma, you can't go to heaven uh, not right, yet. Yeah. Right, right. And so, like, that day I went home. I was talking to my stepfather, like, oh, she told me she was going to heaven. And he was like, you know, Jessica, you should just grieve now because you're going to have to be strong for the family right. and all this other stuff. And uh, the week after that, so that was June 13th. June 19th, I got a call saying... You need to come home because your stepfather passed away. The one who like, we were just talking to. I was to. just talking to right. him. He's telling me, be strong. And I'm like, what do you mean he passed away? He was in good health. Mm-hmm. Nothing was wrong with him. He right. just came back from vacation and mm-hmm. boom, he's gone. Like, right. he was in the bed with my mom. She went downstairs to make pancakes, came back up, and he was dead. Yeah. So that happened. Then two days after that, my grandmother actually passed away. And then... A year later, in June, my aunt passed away. And with my aunt, she was my grandmother's daughter. And my aunt, I was actually in the room when she passed away. Mm -hmm. I was holding her hand and the machine started beeping. And her, um, is it your blood pressure that goes down? Yes. Anything. On the monitor. What's on the monitor? Heart heart rate. Yeah. Okay, so the heart rate started going down, like it was decreasing, mm-hmm. and the doctor said, "Oh, she's going to pass. She's going to pass. Like, we're just waiting. Yeah. We're just waiting." And so, like, the numbers were going down, and I just thought it was going to reach zero, and it was going to be like, "Okay," mm-hmm. but in the blink of an eye, it was like beep, and she flatlined, and mm-hmm. it was a nurse in there with us, and the nurse just like turned around and started doing chest compressions, but it just happened so fast. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, after all of these events... All within a year. All and, within a year. And June yeah. is not... June... We just did <laughs> cut June out of the calendar. Like. Yeah, so my stepdad died June 19th, 2018. My grandmother died June 21st, 2018. I had a cousin who passed away on June 23rd, 2018. And mm-hmm. then my aunt passed on June 7th of 2019. So needless to say, the month of June is just like, eh. Yeah. We can skip it. Right. But. (laughs) And I'm sure you anticipate now like. Yes. Oh my gosh. June. I'm sure it creates a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Yes. it's, It's a lot of anxiety. But after that, like I had triggers. Yeah. And so different things 
and I know what those triggers are, or I'm learning those mm-hmm. triggers now, like right after my grandmother passed, a song came on and I just bust out into tears. Yeah. And it's like, no, I can't cry. I'm not supposed to cry. Like I'm supposed to be strong for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so Right, we both like So but what I've learned from this entire experience is that it's a healing process. Absolutely. Like, it's not a destination. Like, mm-hmm. you will never be completely healed nope. from all of these different trauma Because it's trauma. Absolutely. Right, it is trauma. And yeah. so, it's a journey that I'm still actively uh, progressing through. Mm-hmm. And so, um, some of the steps that I took after this process, or after the first set of uh, trauma, mm-hmm. I had to give myself permission to grieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like I said, you know, a lot of times we just want to be strong. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you I'm can't not supposed cry. To, yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to cry. You're supposed to be there for everybody or else. Or you're supposed to continue. Well, that's going to get into my secret, but <laughs> you're just going to supposed to just pick up and keep it moving. Right. right. Like go back to, oh, and like, I, I did that mm-hmm. like right after that the week that they died because of course the funerals were the next year but right after that I was like I just want to go back to work I'm going to get back to my normal life Uh and I went back to work and I think I went I went back to work on a Tuesday and uh, I went to vote after that and then I went home and I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night and I just broke down to tears. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, why am I crying? And I'm like, because you didn't give your chance. Yeah, yeah. A chance I didn't. To, right? I didn't yeah. give myself a chance to grieve. But and some people, it, some yeah. people that is works for them. But for most of us, we need that time. To yeah. And, and But even those people who think that it works for them, it like doesn't. they're just sweeping it <laughs> yeah, under the rug. Exactly. Yeah, they're not actually dealing right, with it. Right, it's exactly. just like. Oh, let me get over it. So, so my best friend recently lost her uncle, who was probably the closest person that she's ever lost. Like she did father daughter dances with him as well oh, during her mm-hmm. wedding. So it's like her and father. And he just right. Um, and he just passed away, and um, she doesn't really know how to handle it. And um, you know, she was like, "Well, his son, you know, was just telling me to be strong for the family," and I'm like. You can be strong, but it's okay to cry. Like, give yourself permission. Yes. Because if not, you're going to be holding this in, thinking that you have to be strong for everybody else, and it's tearing you up inside. And immediately, she was like, you know, I'm looking for therapy already because this is her first time dealing with Mm -hmm. something so heavy. And don't give yourself a time frame. Correct. There is no time frame. It might be forever. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you may be healing forever, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That was another one of my uh, tidbits. Like, there is no timetable on the grief process. You may grieve for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You may have triggers. Like, Take mm-hmm. Me to the King was a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. Anytime I heard that song, I would bust out into tears because mm-hmm. that was the song that was playing on my grandmother's slideshow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. every time I heard it, instant tears. But right. now I can listen and know. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing, I had to find comfort in the small things. Yeah. Because yeah. like right after all of this happened, it was like, brand new life yeah life is not the same anymore right. yeah. and you gotta figure out a new things, way to live yes yeah. and the the little things that i used to sweat i was just like mm, that doesn't deserve my energy yeah. like mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because life is so precious yeah yes. mm-hmm. and so i also started dreaming more i know we talked about dreams and you mentioned it earlier mm-hmm. in the podcast but i started interpreting my dreams because my grandmother would show up in my dreams all the time mm-hmm. And my stepfather, I haven't had any dreams with my aunt, but 
they were giving me messages. Yeah. And it was stuff about my family. And even with my grandmother, June 13th, I will never forget that day because that night I dreamt that my grandmother was walking around heaven and she said, I'm okay. I'm okay. And she asked about somebody in the dream. She was like, how is, I couldn't remember who she asked Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. But it was an L name. Mm -hmm. Uh My stepfather's name is Lester. Uh, So I don't know if she was forewarning me, like, Uh he's coming in in the dream. Or if he had already joined her because his spirit already joined. Mm -hmm. And so in the dream, she was like, you know, I can prepare a room for you too if you want. And I was just like, no, not yet. I'm okay. Not right now. But I'll never forget that dream because it was like this magical place. But does does that bring you comfort? Like knowing that she's okay? Yes. It brings me comfort knowing that she's okay i also know that she leaves little signs like anytime i notice a feather okay i think oh my grandmother's with me like Mm -hmm. i had a feather on my wind like stuck to the windshield Uh and everybody in my family has had a feather pop up and so it's like Oh, That's how we it like an angel dropped their feather. Yeah, yeah. okay. We okay. my one of my my grandmother who passed away. She um always loved cardinals, mm-hmm. and so anytime we see a cardinal, we're like, oh hey grandma, okay. right? <laughs> right. Grandma, they send you little signs. Yeah. So find comfort in those little signs yeah. that they're sending you because their spirit is still living. It's mm-hmm. just they're not here in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, Maya touched on it. Find therapy and support groups because mm-hmm. you are not alone. Like. Everybody has to go through the grief process at some point. Mm-hmm. And you're not alone. Like, there are people out there who understand what you're going through, who can support you through this. And just give yourself permission to grieve. Yeah. It's okay. And the time. And the space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you can't go to work that day, bump that job. Right. Like, the job going to be there. Yeah. You just have to take that time for yourself. Because who if you show up and you're not your, if you're not in the right place, right. Or the right space mentally... What do you really, you know, are you really going to be able to perform or, right, you right. know? And then also, you know, knowing that you can't change it, but finding comfort in those signs, like mm-hmm. you said. Like, I know before my grandmother passed, one thing she was like, you know, if the Lord takes me, like, I'm ready. You know, mm-hmm. and she was a pastor. So, my, like, my grandmother would say the right, same thing. Right, say the same thing. And so then, you know, like, I know that they're good. Like, right. even though you may miss them in the flesh, like, just know, like, they're mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that was that Ooh, was great. I made it through. I didn't cry. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Jess. Um, definitely, healing through grieving is a major one. All right, so Celeste, what do you have for us today? So in today's segment of CV Secrets, we're going to talk about my healing process. Um, having gone through having a baby and um, ending up needing to have a C-section, which is major surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're so, I think culturally, we're so quick to just go back to doing our, like Jess said, going back to doing our usual routine. and Microwave society. Yeah, just snap like, back. all right, let me, let me mm-hmm. snap back, all that good stuff. Yeah. And so I told myself after having um, Ronan, I was like, oh, it's only going to take me like two weeks. I'll be, I'll be back right. not like snap back like uh-huh. all that stuff but being able to do all the things that you could do correct so yeah. I was like and I my mom has had three c-sections and so I was like ma I'm good right like after two weeks I'm gonna be straight right she was like nah <laughs> you're gonna need like a good six weeks and you're like no today's technology I'm good <laughs> right we good and I'm like girl I'm young like right. I got this y'all so after <laughs> two weeks so after having the surgery and everything I was shocked at how 
my body was just totally different, like with mm-hmm. the swelling and pain and everything. And I always, I don't, I have a high tolerance for pain, but I've never have felt the way my body feels. I'm always, I'm used to being able to just get up and go and run yeah. around and do yeah. what you need to do. But I was like, could not get up. Uh-huh. Couldn't even get my legs in the bed because they were so swollen and uh-huh. what have you. So it really slowed me down and made me realize, okay, I need to take this time mm-hmm. to let my body chill mm-hmm. and heal and do what it needs to do to get me back on my feet um so it really ha- has taken me legit six weeks to heal and I'm still healing you mm-hmm. know I still have the you know staples and everything healing yeah. and um you know your nerve endings healing and reconnecting all that good stuff Jeez. and just you can still have kids it's okay, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And, that's, and that's the thing is um just understanding that at the end of the day, this is a healing process, but I was able to still be blessed with my child. Right. So it's still like, all right, it's all good. Like yeah. I'll, I'm going to continue to heal and work through the process. And also mentally, I had prepared myself with my doula, who I shouted out last week. Um, I had prepared myself for a beautiful birth. I say, yo, it's going to be like rainbows and butterflies. (laughs) He's going to come out. Now, I understand this pain, of course. Like, you're birthing an entire child. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know, my body got this. Like, I'm prepared mentally, physically, spiritually. Like, I'm going to bring my child into this world. Uh And it just totally did not go down that way. Uh (laughs) And it was extremely discouraging, extremely depressing I I'm still kind of sort of coping and um looking into a support group Mm -hmm. for postpartum women um to kind of just come to terms with how my delivery went okay because um it was not how I had it planned and I was making jokes the whole time in the hospital like you know this not in my birth plan right (laughs) (laughs) like yeah we know because I had you know when you go to the hospital you you give them your birth plan now okay you say like this is what I want (laughs) this is everything I would like I want scented candles yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is what I want and they're like okay you know they were very supportive they're like oh absolutely we can accommodate this this and a third once I got induced and the baby was not progressing the way he was supposed to. Majority of my birth plan was just like, boom. Out the yeah, it's can't do that. Let's can't, do that. can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. And then, of course, I ended up with a C-section. So the rest of the birth plan was like trash. Well, was, it, was, was, was he like stuck or was the water broke too long? Like, Well, why? it was a combination. So okay. um, I labored for 12 hours. I was induced. So with the Pitocin contractions are stronger and more painful but oh, i was man. able to get through 12 hours with no medication right. or anything uh-huh. like that they broke my water around like hour 10 actually and then the last two hours uh-huh. it was a struggle okay and i my body just went into a whole nother place okay i don't even like <laughs> i almost feel like i blacked out like really? i don't even remember the whole yeah okay and so um i, I took some pain medicine and that wasn't helping so my bad up, I would have been like stick me <laughs> no, but it was too late at that point wasn't it no, wasn't, oh, no. Okay. cause then I ended up with an epidural oh. I said epidural please <laughs> I, it was not that nice stick me. I was wailing I was oh like get that anesthesiologist I was not a nice person oh no <laughs> so um you know and then I, they had to stick me twice and I'm still oh, healing no. from that, um, oh, the pain in my back and what have you. So I'm Shout not trying to traumatize, <laughs> not to traumatize anyone, but you know, it, it, I'm healing from, and 
also I had expectations. Yeah. So I'm healing myself mentally from those expectations. Yeah. And, and also letting myself know it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay mm-hmm. that you you tried, you you did everything you could to try to plan it out mm-hmm. and have it the way that yeah, you Yeah, and to have, I prepared myself yeah. in every way I could, yeah. but it just... All the time, your plans don't go. I think that's the most important part, to give yourself permission not to be perfect. Yeah. Right. Uh And I don't want to call it failure, because it's not failure. It's not failure. At the end of the day, you still got the end result. It was progress. Correct. It was just, we just had to make a left turn. Yeah. And go around the block a couple of times. I mean, the fact that you went that long without an epidural, period, is amazing. My doula said, she was like, I could not have done what you did. Wow. She was like, because I was induced. Now, natural labor is when your when your body is doing it all on its own, mm-hmm. it knows what it's doing. The body is amazing. But when you give it a drug to force it to yeah. do something, your body's, your body's like, hey, why? Like, what is yeah, going on? Right, What's exactly. This? And, and it's so probably overcompensating yeah. because it's like, well, we don't what, know. We're not supposed <laughs> to be doing Right. So <laughs> that's the thing. With the Pitocin, it just cha- totally changed my trajectory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why my dude was like, I couldn't have done that. Yeah. Because it was no joke. Yeah. But um, so just whew. so <laughs> um, so just healing, um, healing from um, you know, physically and allowing giving ourselves time to heal physically. Mm-hmm. If we you know, even if I needed another two weeks, mm-hmm. I would have to do that for myself. Yeah. You know, because your body we're not machines and right. our bodies need time sometimes to to heal and recuperate and regenerate. Absolutely. So how do you how are you feeling now? Like how are you feeling today? Well, I'm going to get a massage this week. Okay. <laughs> and maybe look like a she um there's a she's like a massage therapist and they do like physical therapy and chiropractic chiropractic chiropractic. Okay. <laughs> um so they basically they they specialize in postpartum healing. Okay. Um and especially for women who've had C sections. Mm-hmm. Um so they help you with your scar healing, um, and then of course your epidural, your back and yeah. you know, when you're breastfeeding, you hunched over, you carrying the baby, yeah. you know, just Getting you your body right. Getting your body okay. right. So yeah. I hear that a lot of people have back issues after the epidural. That's what I heard as well, and I certainly do. Really? You feel like your back is like... I feel a pain, an achy, an achiness in my back still, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. From the epidural, so. I'm a heal from all that. Amen. <laughs> all right, so now it is time for Maya's Motivational Moment. If you don't heal what hurt you, you will bleed on people who did not cut you. Now, I typically make up the motivational moments, but this I actually saw on Instagram, and I thought that this was super, super powerful, um, because so often, mm, people mm. are bleeding on other people who did not cut them. Right. So when you go through things and experience things um, in life, and you're scarred by it, for example, in relationships, if you were in... Um, an abusive relationship, and then you get into another relationship, Ooh, you're automatically going to start Ooh. thinking, yes, that baggage, you're going to carry that, and any little thing could trigger you, and you're going to start treating that person like that person who abused you. And it's a whole nother person. Mm-hmm. May not have an abusive bone in their body, yeah. but because you aren't healed from that past hurt, mm-hmm. those things will le- linger on. And that's not just with 
um, physical abuse, that's emotional abuse, that's if you've, you know, been cheated on, been lied to, like, once, if you're not fully healed and things trigger those thoughts, like, you just go into another hurtful, painful place. Yeah. And then, um... There's this thing called displaced anger or displaced aggression where you can't um, let out your anger on whoever did it, right? But you then put it on somebody else. So if Jess made me mad about something, but Jess is nowhere to be found, and then Celeste is the next person I see, and now I'm irritated with Celeste, and she's like, sis, I ain't even do anything to you. Like, And I feel like so many people do that so Mm -hmm. often, like... It's like, I had nothing to do with your anger, but then you push it on other people because... Because um, you haven't resolved it. You haven't resolved it. Mm-hmm. You're not healed from it. Um, and that happens in so many different areas. So not just relationships like with a significant other, but even with your you know family relationships and things like that. Like We put our guards up so fast because mm-hmm. of what somebody else did. And that's really it's true. Hard. I think yeah. we've talked about relatives in um, previous episodes yeah. and how um, we've, I think we've all have a relative that is not our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I know for me personally, I have my guard up all the time mm-hmm. because of how that specific relative has treated me and how I just feel like I can't trust people. Yeah. And so I yeah. have that guard up because of one specific person but I treat other people the same, the same way. way. Yeah. And I definitely haven't healed. Right. <laughs> right. At all. Right. And that's, and that's the unfortunate part because we lose out on so many opportunities and relationships with good people because of the people that hurt us. Absolutely. And that yeah. and that's so sad. Like, you know, not giving others the opportunity to, you know, be a good friend or to be a good partner because that bad partner has done so much damage. And so once you're able to heal from that, you'll be able to be open um, and be able to experience new things. But until then, you just allow that cut to just bleed onto other people. And then you're you're imposing all of that that you carry mm-hmm. and giving it to somebody else. And it's not fair. It's yeah, but not. How? And then it becomes a cycle because now that person has taken on your baggage and now they have baggage to take to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Right. That was never even their baggage. Not even it. Yeah, but I, I think we talked about some on the trust, the trust um, episode. episode. Uh-huh. I still, you know, because I do have trust issues. Right, right. <laughs> and st- since that episode, I still have trust <laughs> issues. But, you know, it's it's like, how do you, how do you fix that? How do you, you know, learn to not put, put past experiences onto the next person? Yeah. Because inevitably, I feel like I have, you know, been violated. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to just, you know, it is what it is, whatever. But I'm going to do something different yeah. mm-hmm. in the next situation. And then the next situation comes by. And I'm like, uh uh-uh. Guards up, walls up. You yeah. know, my brick wall go up real quick. Yeah. And my side eye real quick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes that person didn't deserve that. Yeah. Sometimes that person is really genuine. Actually, a situation yeah. now... I have had interactions with colleagues before, and I told myself, no more friendships at At work. work. Uh None. And Uh so I have a colleague now, actually. She's a really, really, really sweet person. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, girl, I don't want to be your friend. Okay. Because Uh I've been violated in the past, but she's so nice. And she's she obviously wants a friendship. Yeah. Because that's just the type of person she is. Mm -hmm. And here I am, like, with the stank, you know, with the stank face. Yeah. Like... This happened at orientation. 
Remember we were introducing ourselves to other people and I was talking to the guy. You were like, don't tell him my business. Yep. They went to the same school. Right. I was like, oh, she went to there. Girl, don't I make no connections. School. Yeah. I don't she was no like, connections. no connections. Uh, don't tell him my business. Don't uh-huh. even talk to him. I was like, so last. Yeah. Come on, nope. we over here networking. And he yep. was nice. He spoke he to me the next nice. week. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't want no connections. Exactly. Uh, but again, so what's the answer, Maya? I'm, like, it's what? a choice. You have yeah. to consciously be like, okay, it's this okay person... To- did not, not do yeah. it. They are not Bob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's okay to, you know, have your guard up because you, you don't want to get hurt the same right. way twice. But at the same time, you have to be open to like um, different signs because even if you choose to forgive someone, mm-hmm. you it's don't forget. Like, you don't forget, right? So, how to truly walk in that forgiveness without holding that thing because it's like, yeah, you hurt me, but I'm going to forgive you. But any little sign I see is now a trigger. Like, mm-hmm. A therapy, because I, I don't have an answer, but I, mean, I think that yeah, therapy, therapy will teach but you But even how. still, you still have to make a conscious decision. Like, now you have to put effort yeah. into it, because yeah, it's not going to come as easy it's as it was the first time. No, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> she tends to real quick. No, it ain't. <laughs> we need to do a live. Right. Y'all can see, <laughs> see these faces. <laughs> yeah. It does not come easy at all but yes it is a choice it is a decision that you have to make um because healing it it really is up to you how how long do you want to hold on to the hurt or when are you trying to recover from it um and the decisions that you make in regards to those things something else that may help you your energy is what you attract so Mm -hmm. if you're gonna Mm -hmm. constantly have that wall up and be unavailable to people that's what you're going to attract, unavailable people. So now you're getting hurt because your energy is giving off. I'm unavailable. Right. Well, that's not the situation with my coworker because <laughs> <laughs> this guard been up, okay? The brick wall been up. I keep my distance. I stay in my little cube area. Like, I socialize, but I mind my business for the most part. Yeah. I just come to work, do my thing. I don't need, I don't she try to. She might see to... you socializing and she's like, oh, I'm going to be her Maybe. Friend. But I mean, I just like, like, like. Light socialization. Like, good morning. <laughs> have a good night. Like that kind of thing. I don't. Okay. I don't travel outside my queue very often. Okay. But people and but I see people are just genuinely nice and yeah. they come by. They say hi. They want to do that. They and I'm just like, no, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> you want to go to lunch? I'm good. Did you bring it? Starving. Right. Did you bring your food? No. no. Right. No. You need lunch. Clearly. But I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'll go down. I'll go here. I'll do this uh-huh. there. You know, whatever. But. I don't know. It's just, it's because you, once you're hurt more than one time, yes. you don't, you just don't want to experience hard. that again. Because then hard. you got to go through the grieving or healing process yeah, again. Yeah. And it's like, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to continue to heal the same yes. wound. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm oh, I'm done with this wound. I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. But I don't know. It is unfortunate for the people that's trying. Yeah. All right, y'all. So, therapy, prayer. Give yourself permission. Give yourself permission. Don't set a time limit. Yes. Mm-hmm. All of those are some things to help you heal with different things that go on in your life. All right. So now it is time for Ask PMP. If you would like to ask us a question to be featured on the podcast, you can send us an email to pretty, the letter N, purposed at gmail.com. You can slide in our DMs at pretty underscore the letter N underscore purposed or Pretty and Purpose podcast on Facebook. 
And if you would like to rock our gear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the <laughs> You can shop pretty, the letter N, purposeshop.com. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Celeste, you have our question for today. Yes. So, today's question is, how do you deal with creepy old men? <laughs> so, I, like, truly, truly, truly despise old creepy men. <laughs> like, and I feel like they Is it way- making your skin crawl? That's your mission? <laughs> like, I just get so mad. And I told my father this, like, I hate old creepy men. And he's like, ah. No, I'm serious. <laughs> so, and it, it just never fails. I think they wait until they get, like, 60 and decide that they want to be a creep and prey on young women. Mm. <laughs> now, it's not all old men. Right. Like, you know, it's something that's cute. And it's like, oh, hey, old man. Right. <laughs> hey, old man. Wait, but let's be clear. 60 is not an old man. It's. I mean, no, it's not. But I feel like that's the age when, when they, they start, start okay. with the creepy eye. All right, so, so what's and the I creepy say this, eye, Jess? No, I say this because, and it could be my job. Okay. But I have had an older man... He might have been like 65, 70. Uh, I think we were having a meeting. So there's all these chairs available. And he decides he wants to sit directly next to me. Like chairs everywhere available. Mm -hmm. So he comes over. He sits down. He smiles at me. And then he decides that he wants to put his hand in his pocket. The pocket that was touching my leg. Right. So now he's like trying to feel on my leg indiscreetly. Uh-uh. And I'm just like, no, see, what we're not going to do is this. Right. I, and I don't like that. So, uh-huh. so that's one instance. Another instance, I'm walking down the hallway and this guy is like by the copier. He might have been, might have been 60. And I was like, oh, hey, how you doing today? He automatically looks at my butt. And I'm just like, really? Right. You, you couldn't look me in the eye. You got more examples? Yes. One more. <laughs> so then, this got plenty of space. I'm sitting in, you know, one of those high chairs yeah. that, like, at a bar. Like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm at an elementary school. But I'm sitting in a high chair, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of walkway in front of me. So this one guy sees me, smiles, and then decides he wants to walk in front of me. Mm-hmm. But instead, he walks so close that his butt, like, rubs against <laughs> my knees. So that he can touch me. Never mind the fact that there's an older woman sitting beside me. He doesn't touch her at all. (laughs) Only me. And I'm just like, why? So here's my answer. I think guys want to feel like they still got it. But you don't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what they're finding out. (laughs) I think that guys want to, they always want to feel like they still the man. Like they can still get a girl Mm -hmm. or whatever. And no. Yeah. I'm not that girl. And I think that once you become a certain age, honestly, like that age thing, they don't even care anymore. Like mm-hmm. once they see and plus, the most part, that's what somebody told me. They don't care anymore about the age. She an adult, she grown, like it don't matter anymore. They like, don't care about the age. And then once they get older in age, they're like, Well, I only got like twenty years left to live. Right. So I'm gonna do and say whatever I want. But no, again, I feel okay. like I feel like it's because they wanna they wanna feel like they can still get a girl, they can still get a young girl or whatever, a hot little thing. Mm. No. And some of them can just honestly, which is I have seen I've, some. Even like my my students um, at the old school used to talk about like sugar daddies or something on Instagram. Like that's a thing. I'm like, no, what? I'm sh- well, sugar daddies. Yeah, I know sugar yeah, daddies is right. a thing. But um, I don't want a sugar daddy. I have a daddy. <laughs> and a zaddy. 
<laughs> you stupid. <laughs> what? Just kidding. It was, it was she joke. said, just kidding. <laughs> but no, tell y'all, tell y'all daddies tell y'all and your grandfathers. And your grandfathers? <laughs> yes, because it's, it's grandfathers that do type of stuff. Mm. If they listening, if you're listening, stop being a creep. <laughs> stop being a creep. Jessica does not want you. Respect boundaries. If, yes, please. If she got a mug on her face, just walk away. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like I'm flirting with them. Like right, I'm smiling. Right. I'm not. I'm just looking at. Why? Go away. Right. I know. Right. I know the face part. Like, bye. No, right. Right. I'm disgusted. <laughs> so that's all we have for today's episode. Until next time, folks. Thanks, Thanks PMP, PMP Posse. Posse.